Well, hello there, my fellow business building warrior. It's your buddy, Jim. And we've got an exciting topic for you today on Silent Sales Machine Radio. It's a topic that pops up quite frequently in our discussion forum. It's a topic that I don't expect everyone to agree with me on, but the bottom line is I've been right on this topic for about nine years now, maybe longer. And it has to do with, oh no, there's competition coming, specifically competition from Amazon is attacking my business. I can't sell on Amazon because Amazon is my competitor. And more specifically than that, the topic is, hey, Amazon seems to be partnering up with big brands. Does this mean that we won't be able to sell branded items on Amazon anymore because Amazon keeps going straight to the source and partnering up? So let's dig into that topic today. That's the topic of discussion. Now, let's start off with maybe the bad news. And the bad news is if you're under the impression that you can go out and find popular name brand products, brands we all recognize, and build a long-term sustainable business model around flipping just those items on just Amazon, then yeah, you're probably in for a bit of a rough road. But then again, I know people who have done it for years. I know people who stick to the big brands and that's all they do and they flip them very successfully. And in a lot of cases, they've expanded well beyond Amazon and they're looking at Facebook Marketplace as a sales channel, even Craigslist or eBay and all the other outlets where you can sell product. And they're selling name brand products, waiting for them to go on big time sales, flipping them. That's a great model. And it's not going anywhere. I'm telling you right now, retail arbitrage and online arbitrage that whole gig of finding stuff inexpensively online or inexpensively on a retail store shelf, even the big brand stuff and flipping it online for big profits, that business model will never go away. I wrote a blog article on it, I don't know, several years ago. And I stand by every word of that article. Basically, it's never going anywhere as long as we have free markets. And I won't dive into the details of why I say this, but I will say I'm right again Every time this big wave comes through and everyone starts panicking about retail arbitrage is going away, it's dying. No, it's not. It's not going anywhere. That's not necessarily the topic today, but the big picture is whatever opportunities are out there, they're only going to get bigger. And we've been saying this around here for a long time. We've been right for a long time. It's not theory. We back it up with stacks of success stories of people who are doing exactly what we're talking about today. But the question on the floor, the big concern was, hey, Jim, I'm noticing Amazon partnering up, like in the news recently, hey, they're going to partner up with Apple. So Apple sells directly through Amazon. There's no room for the middleman. I'll let you in on a little secret. In the world of electronics, computer hardware, software, the high demand products in those arenas, there hasn't been any margin in those products since the 1990s, guys. <laughs> Keep in mind, my last real job was working for Microsoft as a reseller, selling hardware and software for a handful of other popular com- large companies, that, you know, the IBMs and the Toshiba laptops. And I mean, we were doing massive you know, $300, $500 million deals for a quarter point of margin. There's no money to be made by anybody except the company making the technology. You know, resellers just don't get paid anything. So 
that's that's nothing new. People come to me and say, oh, I can't make any money on the, the big brand technology products. No one's been making money on those for decades, guys, except the companies making it. You know, like you look at a Best Buy, for example, or some other electronic outlet, the margins that they're being paid are just slim. There's no money there. So don't freak out when Apple works directly with Amazon. There's never been any money there for anyone to make anyway, besides Apple. All right. So let's talk a little more realistically about some of the other 18 bazillion brands that are out there besides the big tech brands and the big recognized brands. You know, basically any brand that can afford to advertise itself during the Super Bowl, you know, the big brands, there's probably not a lot of money in there for you to be full-time reselling those brands. There just isn't because they're so well-known. The pricing is so so dialed in. The channel is so dialed in. The profit's already being shared multiple ways. They're really good at just distributing their products. But let's talk about the other 99.9% of all products that are floating around out there for a moment. On literally every product that's made and sent out through traditional retail channels, you have to keep in mind something, a lot of guessing is happening. And if anyone along the line guesses wrong, you and I win, assuming we're in the retail arbitrage game, meaning buying for low, flipping for high. We win if anyone's wrong. So everyone from the manufacturer to the buyer to the manager of the stores that are involved in the pricing strategies that they use at those stores, the volume level at which they order. I mean, think of this. Uh, you know, If you've been to the big trade shows, you've seen this happening. 18 months before products hit the store shelves, there's people who are really smart, supposedly, who are paid really big dollars to go in and try to guess about how much volume Nashville, Tennessee will need of Widget X in their stores for you know, Target or for whatever other. You know, they're trying to guess about each little region, how much product they're going to need. And inevitably, they either buy too much or they buy too little. Too much or too little. Every single store either has too much or too little of just about everything that they order all day, every day, retail. It's a balancing act. It's a constantly adjusting balancing act. And if you remember, all retail arbitrage is when we go in and we buy a brand and then we flip it on Amazon, for example, all that is, it's, it's rebalancing the scales. It's saying, basically, the stores that bought too much, hey, let me help you out. Take some of that off your hands. I'm going to put it on Amazon where it's valued a little higher because you have too much here. Put it in the clearance aisle, for example, where it's of lower value. I want to take it somewhere where it's of higher value. I'm going to provide a service to the store, the Amazon's buyers, the Amazon with a profit for me. I'm going to provide a very valuable service. Literally, millions of brands need that service. And for those of you who have concerned, and maybe you've heard the rumors, oh, wait, well, Amazon doesn't like resellers. Amazon doesn't want people out there doing retail arbitrage. I don't know where those folks are getting their information but it's not from the same sources I'm getting it from. I mean, the numbers, and I, if I'd have done my homework a little bit more for this episode, I could have presented to you the actual numbers, but a significant portion of Amazon's sales every day, we're talking, I'm just going to take a stab, 30, 40% of the sales are made by the really small sellers, selling a handful of items type of sellers. Keep in mind, you know, there's a lot of us sellers out there and Amazon has nothing in place no policies, no mandates from top management. There's no 
manager in Amazon that's trying to spread the word and shut down or squash, nothing like that. In fact, we're hearing just the opposite, that Amazon wants new sellers. They want new sellers coming in. They want them coming in, bringing products. Now, yes, they do prefer for us to fill new niche markets. Obviously, they're trying to be the everything store. They want to sell everything possible and have complete, you know, no gaps in their system. That's why we get really excited about, if you go back and listen to episode 150 of this podcast, there's multiple ways to fill those niche markets. But specifically right now, I'm addressing the concern of those of you who say, oh no, the big brands are partnering direct with Amazon. This is terrible. There's absolutely no way that that will ever make even a dent in the retail arbitrage opportunity. It just can't happen. Let's just pretend for a moment. Let's pretend that Amazon tomorrow made a rule and said, no more retail arbitrage sellers. We don't want any more of that activity. We don't want any more people going into store shelves and and flipping that onto onto our site. What's the reality of what would happen next? I mean, play this out. Let's be very logical here and methodical. First of all, that represents, as I just said, hundreds of millions of dollars of sales that would instantly no longer be happening. The selection that Amazon has to offer would dwindle dramatically because, you know, just like if you go to a retail store, they have this year's model on the shelf, maybe a little bit of last year's model, and that's it. What about the people like me, like the the basketball shoes that I wear? They are, what year were they? 2012, 2013, I got some basketball and and like, I still jump around like, I'll I'll shop around. I'll look wherever I got to look. And a lot of times I find them on Amazon because third-party sellers still have a bunch of them laying around. I love that shoe. I love that color. I still, the last five times in a row, I know it sounds silly, but I bought the exact same basketball shoes four or five times in a row now. I can't get that experience retail. And if Amazon goes in and locks in a deal with a shoemaker and says, we're working directly with you, we're not going to allow any resellers. You know what happens instantly? the selection turns down to this year's model at retail prices only, maybe a little bit of last year's model, slightly below retail, and that's it. So you know what Amazon shoppers like me do? They say, well, guess what, Amazon? You don't have what I'm looking for. I'm going over to eBay. I'm going over here or over there. I'm going somewhere else. And as soon as the shoppers go there, you know what happens? We as retail arbitrage sellers, that's where we go too. Amazon knows this. So if Amazon wants to maintain the best selection at the best prices, they absolutely must. It's not because they want to be nice to us. It's because they want to serve their buyers. They must allow sellers like us, retail arbitrage shoppers like us, to go out, find the deals, and flip them onto their marketplace. They have to. They have no choice, guys. They have no choice. There's not a switch they can flip and get it both ways. They just can't. They can't keep the buying customers happy and reject the retail arbitrage sellers. Impossible. Can't happen. And in the small areas where they've tried to make it happen, it's been a very frustrating experience for them. The only exceptions that I've seen are some of the high-tech stuff. Like no one goes out one day and goes, hmm, I really like that, that Apple computer that's six generations old. I really want to get that one. I don't like the new one. Never mind that it's the same price and 18 times faster, right? You know, so technology is the only exception where I've seen this. So it makes sense that Mac would partner up with Amazon and sell direct and 
That makes sense. It doesn't bother me a bit. And I know there's a handful of other companies. Sure, that's that's fine. But even things like Legos, guys, they haven't even navigated Lego. There for a while, it was hard to, to resell. I don't know if you remember, but Legos, it was kind of hard, kind of restricted. Some people could, some people couldn't. To this day, some people can, some people can't. But the fact remains that the Lego company, if Amazon went to Lego and said, hey, we're only working straight with you, the only Legos that would be on Amazon would be the new stuff. That's where all the profit is. They want to sell the new stuff. They want to put it out there at the high retail prices. We don't want any resellers. We're going to chop them all out. That destroys the selection that Lego is able to sell. Because as long as Lego is still selling in the retail channels as well, the Walmarts, the Targets, the Costcos, the toy shops all over the world, as long as they're selling there, there's going to be stores that order too much of whatever it is or too little of whatever it is that's hot or not hot right now. They're all guessing. And who comes in to clean up and balance out the market? Retail arbitrage sellers. Guys, this isn't complicated. If you understand how free markets work, you understand that retail arbitrage will never go away. As long as we have free markets, there will be massive opportunities to flip products from a place of low perceived value or actual value to a place of high perceived or actual value, like Amazon. And if Amazon doesn't want to be that place where these high perceived value products can land, they can land somewhere else and the customers will find them somewhere else. Amazon knows this. They're very good at pleasing and serving their customer base. And they also know that a massive portion a massive segment of the products that they're selling every day are coming from small sellers like us who are finding deals, laying all over the place and sending them into Amazon. So don't sweat it. This model is going to be here for a long time. Now, I do give this one caveat. Does Amazon need 10 million retail arbitrage shoppers filling their shelves? No. They need a million or more of us. I'm not sure what the exact number is. Do they need you? Do they need me? Probably not. Do they need a whole bunch of us though? Yeah, they definitely do. So if you're going to put all your eggs in one basket, there probably are slightly safer baskets to put your eggs in. And that's why I mentioned episode 150 of this podcast just a few episodes ago. If you go check that out, I talk about all the different ways to find things to sell. One of them certainly is retail arbitrage and online arbitrage. Big brands, small brands, your own brands. We're excited about all of that. You've heard Brett and I talking about, and he hasn't been on the show in a while because, man, we are busy behind the scenes setting up what's going to be the most insane Q4. And many of you are along for the ride on this with us as well. I was just looking at some statistics before I recorded this episode. This is going to be a crazy, crazy ride where we're rolling out our own products, our own brands. That's wide open, guys wide open. Our strategies that we teach around here range everything from small sellers selling a handful of retail arbitrage items, building in some cases up to a million dollar a year business. That's the biggest business doing just retail arbitrage that I'm aware of. It's about a million dollars a year in sales at a very nice profit margin, right? A couple doing that. That's very doable. There's people doing it. But then you get over onto the other side of the spectrum and there's so many different models in between where you're building your own legitimate brand. And there's arguably less risk 
in the approach that we're using to build our own brand than there is in those who are going out shopping and buying products one at a time. Why is that? Well, let me just remind you, and this, this is getting off today's topic just a little bit, where I'm trying to calm some of the fears out there about Amazon partnering directly with the big brands. Well, one of the ways to avoid that is say, hey, why not get your own brand? And the way to keep that a low-risk proposition is to simply generate the demand before you create the product. And that is what our proven audience formula strategy is all about. So that strategy of, of building your audience first just involves, you know, and you can go back and listen to past episodes. We talk about this a lot. You're going to be hearing a lot more about this from us because Brett and I and our team, we believe, our core team fully believe that the future of e-commerce belongs to those who can generate excitement before they commit to a product. Specifically, we have examples where we'll show just a drawing or a short video of a concept or, you know, we'll have one demo unit made or a handful of demo units made and we'll make videos for those. We'll see, can we make a viral concept of this? Can we get something that's shareable and taggable, something that gets some momentum? And if so, we turn the video off, we go make some, and then we turn the video back on and we sell a bunch of it. So we're not committing to a product before we know that there's demand. We believe that's the future of e-commerce. We believe that's the future of selling products online is generating your demand before. Now, if that sounds complicated to you, hey, there's all kinds of stages in between. And like we discussed in recent episodes, again, episode 150, go back and listen to it if you didn't. But I think one of the things I failed to mention in that episode was um, wholesale. There's still massive wholesale opportunities. And there's still opportunities to partner with people who have products that they've already committed to. People with a garage full of products that they just can't move, there's a bunch of them out there. And you can be the hero, help them get their product on Amazon, help them do some creative marketing. So there's partnerships, there's wholesale, there's private label done the easy way, which is one of the strategies that we teach in the Proven Amazon course. You've heard us talk about that. The private label easy way, basically just taking the product out of one bag and putting it in another bag and putting some professional branding on it, which by the way, as I make kind of a transition and start to wrap up this podcast, I'm going to interview someone here in just a moment uh, that was actually a guest at our last big event, our CES event, and they specialize in creating very inexpensively, very professionally creating the branding, the packaging that you need to put a product in. So one of the strategies we teach, for example, is, hey, find a product that's already in a package, get permission from the manufacturer to put it in your own bag, your own packaging, and hey, you've got your own product. Some people say, oh, that's not really building a private label. And I would completely agree. But it is getting a very profitable product on Amazon, and it's a unique listing that no one else can duplicate. So I don't see a problem with that. Now, is it necessarily building a long-term serious brand? Maybe, maybe not. You could potentially start a very serious long-term brand that way, though. If it's packaging that only you can get your hands on, it's got your website on the label, it's your product, people might have a hard time. You know, if your brand becomes an established name and people are searching for your product by your brand, you've got a great product. So there's many ways to do private label, as we've discussed in the past. So anything in between, all the way from the simplest of retail arbitrage strategies and partnerships and wholesale and private label, all the way up to building a serious brand like we've done with some of our products. And we're going to have some great stories to tell you guys in 2019 as these numbers start rolling in. As you've heard me say, uh, well over a thousand of you guys jumped in with us, $6 million 
of inventory funds and we're spending it right now on some incredible products that are going to be some of the best selling products online. It's, it's blowing me away. And just to give you a little sneak peek, I got a video from Brett just a short while ago. It's one of our videos went live and uh, he, he had a video of the leads popping in for people interested in our product. It's just like, bing, 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 bing. These are people saying, hey, I want to know more. Hey, I want to know more. Hey, please send me in details. I want to buy one of these. Bing, bing is a beautiful site. It's a beautiful site to see. So we're going to have some great stories to tell in 2019. But we teach the whole spectrum around here. That's what I'm excited about. So before I transition over to our sponsor, it's a great interview. You guys are going to enjoy it. Mariska is just a delight. You're going to really enjoy the information she shares with you. It's very usable useful information. But, but before we do that, I just want to make sure that I've addressed our topic completely and put you at ease that the business model of selling brand name products online and specifically on Amazon even, it's not going anywhere, guys. It's a huge opportunity. Yes, there will be brands that come and go. Yes, there'll be some restrictions that come and go. But if you stay flexible, there's opportunity everywhere. Only a tiny, tiny fraction of all the products that could be on Amazon are on the platform. And there's still hundreds of millions of customers and products and exciting opportunities to come. This whole thing is in its infancy. We have undeniable proof of that. New success stories popping up literally every single day in our community using even the simplest of strategies that we teach. But let's transition over into talking about building your own brand, building your own label, getting your own packaging together. That can be one of the more intimidating aspects of getting your own brand on Amazon. So if you're at the point where you got a product and you're thinking, "Ah, I got to get a package put together. I want to get something that looks professional. I want to get it out on Amazon looking good, start to build something you know, legit. There's some good people you should talk to and I'm going to interview them right now. It's Mariska and Michael Harris. We're going to meet Mariska. Her husband, Michael, isn't actually part of the interview. If you're watching the video of this, which by the way, remember most of our episodes, you can go to YouTube and you can see the video instead of just listening to me. So I don't know what your preferred strategies for for checking these out are, but um, you'll be able to see Mariska and I in an interview here in just a moment. It's going to look like I changed clothes because I was wearing something different earlier today uh, when I did the interview, but I'm going to jump over onto that line, have a conversation with Mariska Harris of Outlinematic in just a minute. And there'll be links in the show notes where you can check out their services and come to our next big event. I'm going to be mentioning it a lot in the coming months, September 12th through 14th, 2019. You can go to theprovenconference.com to sign up for notification. We don't have any other details so far besides the date and the fact that it's going to be big. It's going to be at our office venue. That Those are kind of the only details we're able to, to release right now. But they'll be there. Again, they've said that they're going to come. So if you want to come meet them, um, but don't wait until then if you need some private label assistance with your packaging. So let's jump over and do that interview and we'll segment right over into that right now. Well, hey, Mariska, welcome to Silent Sales Machine Radio. First time guest. It's a pleasure having you here. How are you today? Hi, Jim. I'm great. Thanks to you. Thank you for the opportunity. It's uh, great to see you again. Great to see you as well. Uh, you and your husband, Michael, you guys were at CES not too long ago as one of our fantastic sponsors. And I just wanted to take an opportunity to share you guys with the rest of the world. You've got some really cool things that you're going on. And for those who weren't at our event or maybe haven't seen the videos, 
I wanted to share a little bit about what Outline-O-Matic is all about and a little bit about what you guys are all about and hopefully get you guys some great new clients from our community. Sound good? Yeah, it sounds great. Thanks so much. Yeah, um, we really enjoyed our first TAs. I actually have my shirt on that we wore to the oh, that's conference. Great. Was, nice touch. Yeah, it was so much fun. It, the community is absolutely amazing. Um, me and my husband, we cannot stop talking about how amazing everyone is there it's just like one big happy family and it was our first conference that we sponsored and it's first best ever (laughs) it was a very good first impression for our business i must say so that's fantastic well you did a great job presenting and and that's what we typically do with we don't give you a real a a whole lot of time on stage but a chance for folks to get to know you And, and i haven't really followed up a whole lot since the event tell me how business has been for you guys since then. And, and I want to be sure to tell people what you guys do as well. Uh, and I don't want to take your spotlight on that. You know, please share with us what Outline-O-Matic does and uh, how things have been since the event and what you guys are excited about, what you're working on. Well, since the event, we've had quite a lot of clients from CES that we've helped with packaging and branding. So what Outline-O-Matic basically focus on is um, helping you build a brand for your product. So you don't only focus on on just private labeling something and just trying to sell it. We actually try and help people build a brand so their brand can be recognized all over the Amazon platform and most importantly, off of the Amazon platform eventually. So yeah, we help with logos, packaging, inserts and, and all of that. And it's it's really nice to help people in this community. And actually, it's so nice to see how excited everyone is in actually starting their own brand and, and company. And, you know, having a hand in that is, is really nice for us um, because that's something that me and my husband have spoken about it quite a lot is um, not working for someone sitting at a desk job from nine to five every day and actually helping these people to eventually get out of that's great because that's actually how I ended up what we are doing today is I had a desk job, a nine to five desk job and I was just like, cannot do this anymore. That's right. If I remember right, you were happy to get fired, right? Tell us that story a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So we started Outline Matic we, our first time in the U.S. was in 2014, and we loved it so much. So we actually tried to start a business to help get us into the U.S. Because since we were there the first time, or yeah, the first time, it was so amazing. We couldn't wait to go back. And then we started our little on – well, before we started on – sorry, let me just rephrase. When I, I studied product design, and then – I actually had more of an interest in the packaging part of everything more than the actual product design part. So when I got my job, I got a job at um, Bumbo. It's a baby company, very great company. I loved working there. It was really such a um, great basis for what I've learned and, and all that. So yeah, I had a more of an interest in the packaging design at the company than the product design and it wasn't really part of my job description. So I went online and I started to do freelance work for um, people all around the world, designing packaging for them just like in my free time. And eventually we were like, the platforms take so much of your income that you generate. Then we're like, well, why can't we just 
make our own website. So we started Outlymatic in um, 2015 and it went very slow. It started out as a product design website at first, been very slow. <laughs> and then in um, 2016, it picked up a bit and then eventually it picked up so much when we changed it over to packaging design that I literally had to work in my working time at Bumbo to get all of my clients done and that Uh-oh. got you fired. Sorry, getting you in trouble. Yeah, I, I can see. You know, I made that difficult transition myself. It reminds me of my story. You know, that's been 16 years now, almost exactly. But I found myself during the day, not necessarily working on my business manually, but in my head I was. And, you know, I wasn't able to be fully engaged with my real job and it showed up in the results because I was just so excited about this business I was building on the side. So I know, yeah, I I can relate to that feeling, although it was a difficult transition day for us. I don't think I left the building smiling. I was pretty nervous, but it sounds like you guys are... (laughs) You guys are fairly established and well on your way. And uh, tell me, how many clients have you guys served now? And, and I want to define real clearly too exactly what you guys do. Just so if anyone's asking, like, what does packaging design even mean? You know, let's clarify that. But how long have you guys been doing this? How many? Uh, you told us how long, but how many clients have you served? And what is what services do you provide? Like, who's your ideal client? Well, since we started um, our first actual client for um, packaging design, till Today, I can tell you like exactly the number till today is like uh, 1,428. Wow. Okay. You came ready with the number. So over 14. Oh, yeah. Wow. That's a lot of people in just a few years. You guys have a lot of projects going. That's so cool. We we do. So I try and allocate them like we, um, each designer gets about 30 projects to handle a month. So you guys are managing yeah. other, you guys are managing other designers as well. Obviously, you've got so many projects. Yeah, beautiful. I have to. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's yeah. such a great. That's such an exciting business model. I love it. So, who's your perfect client? Do I need? What do I need to bring to you? And how much money am I going to spend? Approximately, I know there's different services, but you know, are we talking hundreds? Are we talking thousands? And who's that sweet spot customer that you tend to serve really well? Describe that person to us. Okay, well, we specifically, our main focus was private label sellers, but anyone who wants to start off with a brand and who wants to build on their brand or even if they have, even if they do arbitrage, but they just want to eventually establish a brand, we can help them. But private label sellers are our main focus. So if you have a product ready that you say your supplier has told you, um, do you have a logo? Do you have packaging? Do you have an insert ready? And most most of the time, people don't realize that they the suppliers actually offer um, adding their logo to their products, offering them packaging printing and insert printing, and those are very actually very important things if you want to establish a brand. So. Anyone who has a product ready, who needs a, a logo or inserts or even listing images, and we try and keep our prices very reasonable because we know we, we cater for startup businesses. So we're talking about hundreds. So listing images, um, two images is about $99 and so on. And so we're very reasonable with the price because I know that 
people, um, it's hard for them to take out the money already to spend on their suppliers. And eventually people do come back and they're like, hey, my packaging worked. I need more packaging. And yeah, of course. Right. You make, you make your customers happy at a low price and they come back with bigger projects as they succeed. That's, yeah. that's phenomenal. You know, one of the strategies we teach in our community, you know, private label means a hundred things to a hundred different people. It's really one of those terms that is so loosely defined that, you know, not everyone even knows what it is. But one of the strategies we teach for getting your own product on Amazon or online is simply find a product that you can take out of one package and put it in another one. But when you put it into another one that's your own, where do you get the label? How professional do you want it to look? You know, it can be that simple. That's some of our private label training all the way up to you know, like Brett and I are running uh, an eight-figure business together with a very seriously branded product and we've got printing and packaging needs and those kind of things. So the whole gamut of services, it strikes me as like you guys can pretty much cater to any business, any size, even if someone's still in kind of experimental mode. Like I'm only going to do 50 of these as a test. Would you guys help that person out? Like they just want to try a small test of a new product? Oh yeah, definitely. Like any startup taste small thing even to a range of products we've handled all of that and um we've actually helped people gain a lot of success even if it was a taste and they wanted to start out with packaging for their taste and i'm can't tell you if it was the packaging that did the trick or the branding that did the trick, but I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. looking professional certainly helps. I know the images are very important on Amazon. You want good professional images. By the way, is that something that you refer out and help people with, like getting those first few professional looking images of their product packaged? Is that part of the services you guys provide or do you refer that out? Yeah, that's definitely something that we do. Um, we don't offer product photography, but that's something that a lot of people also cannot afford. So what we do is we take their product and their packaging and we render it into like a very realistic environment. So it actually looks like product photography just to help them out to have their listing look um, very professional. Because one thing that I really recommend to people starting out that don't have a big budget is definitely to invest in a logo design and a very good listing. And that's two of the main things that I think really help. If your listing looks good and you have a recognizable brand, you'll definitely start out well. Yeah, you'll stand you'll stand out. And the, the conversion yeah. rates have been shown to go up if your product looks professionally packaged. And it just doesn't cost a lot of money to do that. So, all right. Well, Mariska, any other tips that you have for sellers or any other encouragement? Did we leave anything out as we start to land this episode? Well, as I just said, I would definitely, if, if it's someone starting out and they have a limited budget, I would say definitely do a logo design to get your brand out there noticed and do listing images. If, if you don't have a budget for photography, then do 3D renderings. Have nice images of your packaging and your product. That also helps that your uh, listing does not get hijacked. And then another thing is inserts. I always recommend my clients do inserts to thank their customer for their purchase and to redirect them to all their social handles and things like that. It's, it's always nice for the customer to feel to get that personal touch from from when they purchase your product. So that's definitely something that I would recommend. Beautiful. That's awesome. Well, hey, time well spent. I hope you guys get a lot of 
great new clients from the time we spent together today. We'll stick a link in the show notes for the listeners today, straight to Outline-O-Matic's website. What is it though? Just so I don't say it wrong. What's your, what website do you guys use? Our, our website name? Sorry, I couldn't. Yes, your website. Oh, okay. I, I, we'll stick it in the show notes as well, a link, but oh, yeah. go ahead and say it as well. So if oh, anyone's okay. just listening to it's, the show. Um, it's outlinematic.com. So I'll show you my shirt. Outline oh, perfect. <laughs> hey, you came prepared. Look at you. <laughs> yeah. Outlinematic.com. Awesome. Yeah. Um, hey. Say hey to Michael, and we hope to see you guys again. Make sure it's on your date, Mariska, and the listeners too, September 12th through, let me make sure I get this right, September 12th through 14th, 2019. Okay. That's when we're getting together again, getting everyone together. I don't know if we'll call it CES again this year or not, I think, but uh, the listeners can go to theprovenconference.com and sign up for notification when we all get together and see you and Michael and and a Maybe you guys will be living in the United States full time by then, right? Because you guys, yeah, I really home, hope right? so. Well, Very I'm cool. looking very forward to it, and I really can't wait to see everyone again. It feels like so far away still, but the way time is going, it's gonna be on the, the months. Corner. Yeah, the months will fly by yep. I'll be here before we know it. <laughs> see you guys again. Well, hey, it's a pleasure hanging out with you today. Thanks for contributing some great content to Silent Sales Machine Radio, and uh. We'll see everybody next time. See you, Mariska. Thank you. Thank you, Jim. Have a great day. You too. Bye then. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit silentjim.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.